Do you remember the first story that was so spellbinding that it drove you to break the rules and stay up all night? To keep reading, keep listening, keep playing? So good you forgot your life and lived there? So good that the moment it ended you asked yourself, what next? Welcome to the floor. Our goal is to take you back, take you deeper, to explore and understand more, and relive that childlike wonder. Join us as we dive deep into humanity's greatest stories, no matter how they are told, through books, movies, television, even games. One of us does an in-depth research on our topic. One of us is familiar with the topic. And one of us knows nothing. So the right questions will always be asked and will be addressed for anyone coming into the topic, regardless of how much you know. Enjoy another world another adventure, another spellbinding story. Join us on the floor. Welcome back. We are in the Xenoverse. Last time we talked about the intro of the comics and the coming of the expanding universe, an alternative story to the movies to come. I am your expert. I'm the amateur. And I know very little to nothing. Perfect. So first we had the uh, outbreak on Earth with the cults of Immaculate, immaculate Inception. Incubation. Oh, incubation. Incubation. That was what it is. It's a yeah. weird one. That one's always a mouthful. Inception just uh, makes more sense. But yeah. It's more common. You've heard it more often. Yeah. Yes. But incubation makes more sense for the aliens. Okay. So I, I do want to talk about the timeline a little bit here. Just uh, because I, I, I know that in a previous episode, I think we mentioned we've been playing Aliens, Fireteams, Elite is kind of a way to immerse ourselves in that world. And so as, as far as the, the the timeline for the Xenoverse, Alien, the first movie, is kind of it's the beginning of the franchise, right? The beginning of this mm-hmm. universe. And that's really first contact with the Xenomorphs, right? Well, Prometheus is a prequel. Oh, that's right. So Prometheus is a prequel. But we don't see like the raw alien, right? We've encountered creatures, right? But we haven't encountered this specific creature and like you said there's a lot of people who say prometheus is problematic right in the lore yes most certainly so it's like fans of the franchise may watch the film but take nothing of it as lore for this universe (laughs) because once you step outside of the thematic representation things are not gonna care what prometheus did so i think we just take that one scene out of prometheus and walk away (laughs) <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't seen prometheus i didn't know that's what we, were talking we did about show today. you the scene though right where where the android is having a conversation we with talked the human. about it yeah, like, i think we definitely talked about it and then we get aliens which is like shortly after right we send lip ripley back i guess at aliens three we get a divergent point and and so these comics come out between aliens yeah. and alien three so we won't talk about it today but i will mention that William Gibson's screenplay is immediately after Aliens, right? Yeah, it is yeah, not a long period of time. Yeah, yet. like I mean, they're in they're in sleep, so it could be a couple months or even a year or two. But I think it's four years. Four years. So yeah, so they've been traveling in space and sleep, but it's like Ripley, Newt, and Hicks are on the sh- and and Bishop are on the ship. And that is where it begins. Like they have just escaped the alien queen or just launched her into space. And they they went to sleep at the end of aliens, you know, and you have the moment between Ripley and Newt and Newt's like, are we going to sleep all the way home? And she's like, (laughs) yeah, we're going to sleep all the way home. And 
William Gibson starts it up with they woke up. Yeah. Yeah. Like he well, they woke not, up. Yeah. So yeah. So his starts immediately after. But in Aliens Fireteam Elite, we are probably a hundred years into the future. Xenomorphs are well known throughout the human you know universe and, and contact with them is common. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so it's just interesting as, as we're diving into this and inviting people to dive in to to walk them through those those timelines just to make sure they're clear. I understand. We are so in the comics. In the in, in, in the comics here, where are we in that timeline? Alien Fire Teams Elite at least a hundred years after first contact, and then we have you know uh aliens one two just beginning contact. So where where in the comics, where are we in that timeline? So you saw Aliens, right? The movie? Yes. So give or take 12 years, 14 years. Okay. Okay. So this would be after Gibson's novel. Um, but I think before Aliens 3, right? If I remember correctly, Aliens 3 is a little bit farther in the future. Yeah. Aliens 3, I think that's like another like 47 years or something. Okay. Okay. Um, so Ripley goes into another deep sleep. I believe I I wasn't covering the movie today, so I didn't check all my bases on that. I might be wrong. Okay. Oh, well, th- then next time when we talk, we'll we'll make sure we watch Alien Three, get get all the detailed lore, and can you know put that on the timeline for you guys. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. So Alien, Aliens Three, Prometheus was before those, but nobody cares. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> and then, back then. This is Alien Outbreak, which is about 12 to 14 years after Aliens. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we covered it last time that this was a, a three-part series. And the first part is when we have the outbreak. The second one, Nightmare Asylum. This is when uh, I was talking about General Spears, the guy who uh, had a, a, a bunch on a, a remote station and numbered them and thought he had trained them and, and thought the way to win the war against the Xenos on Earth is to bring trained Xenos and battle against them. That's, yeah, that's smart. And and then as soon as they arrive on Earth, they turn against him. Yep, I remember that. We did talk about that briefly. So then we arrive to our third installment of this comic book series called Earth War, later renamed Female War, when they redid the names, right? Because uh, Alien 3 changes uh, what happens to Corporal Hicks and Newt, or Rebecca. Um, Rebecca's her given yep. name, you know. That's her real name, adopted. Yeah. yeah, they adopted Newt when she was the sole survivor of Hadley's Hope in Aliens 3. Aliens 2. Aliens too, yes. Aliens, aliens. just aliens. aliens. Just no, aliens. No, well, no. it's the second one, so calling it Alien Two makes sense. But yes, Aliens, which That's not which, its name, which was, which was weird. That the James Cameron was so emphatic, be like, not Alien Two, Aliens. Yeah, because <laughs> plural. This time it's not. It, it's a really good marketing ploy too, because holy crap, this was the scariest thing ever. This one alien, and right. then all he had to do was add an S. They were like, whoa, it's even scarier than one. Yeah. There's more. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and and uh in the lore, a lot of people use this as the divide of how you think of aliens. Is there's alien, right? Where they're just that xenomorph, and and then there's aliens where they have this highly mutagenic where they expand and change so much. And that is a way that sometimes the hardcore fans will define the two different ways of looking at this universe is. So these comic books is definitely aliens. And in this third part, 
Ripley comes back. She went back to Archon. This is the place, the planet that aliens and alien happened at, right? They get that distress signal. So during these first two comics, she went back to that planet to finish decoding that message. Um, Okay. What message? I don't know what you're talking about. In the beginning of Alien. Okay. The first movie. The Nostromo is called upon to go check out this distress call. Okay. That distress call is coming from this alien ship where they get infected with a xenomorph, right? And the xenomorph had bursted out of the chest of the alien who was piloting that ship. Whoa. Okay. I feel like I missed all of this. So there is an alien race, right? Yeah. We've not encountered alive, but they are clearly, there is an alien race. Right. And And Prometheus puts them as the engineers, but in the comics, they're called the space jockeys. Okay. Right. So that's who this alien is, according to the lore. One of these space jockeys. So that big U-shaped spaceship, that's their technology. Are these the elephant people? These are the elephant people. That's right. I knew we were going to get to those guys. Okay, so... Comics, they're displayed as more of the elephant-type person, yeah. So, in the very beginning, they get this distress signal, they're sent to it, uh, and this is where they encounter the alien. Right, Right. so before they get to go and decode that distress call, they're attacked, and they're like, nope, bailing on this idea, going back to the ship. That's what Ripley, during these first two episodes of this uh, outbreak, Earth War, has gone back to decode that message, has come back to Earth with this information. Mm. Okay. And Oh, no, I was going to say, and then, so, so now we're to the point... So the the Earth War has started, and Ripley goes out to decode the message, thinking there might be something in this to help with this Earth War. She comes back, and she meets with Hicks and Newt at Gateway Station. Gateway Station is around Earth. So is Newt grown up now? Yeah, she's she's older. She like yeah 18. she's yeah. Remember uh, she was put in an insane asylum, and Hicks broke her out. Right. Um, but just just curious how many years have gone by for her. Because, I mean, we know we're at about 50 years in the future, but with sleep, they may not have grown she up She looks to much, be between, yeah. like, 16 and 22. Okay. Right. And, and I assume she's of age just because there is a, a romance that happens here with a person that turns out to be synthetic and, and showing kind of uh, almost that level of uh, we see in Blade Runner where it's like the person might not know they're a synthetic or a synthetic person, you know, right? One of the androids. So it was, uh, it was, it was weird, and we kind of just brushed over it. But yeah, it was a very interesting love story. Uh, how did you feel about it? Aaron? Yeah, it was, it was a lot. I don't know why we're just kind of just glossing over it. It's like, oh yeah, this happened. What? Like, because I don't in- want to talk about aliens. Love <laughs> stories. They have a lot of good story, like intertwined with the alien universe. You're just talking about the history. <laughs> I know. Individualism there. Sure. Like Newt has some issues. She has some cool, you know, overcoming trials that you just ignored. 
Come on, woman <laughs> and empowerment, Eli. So, all right. Oh. Well, let's let's go into all of that in part two. For right now, we're going to take a break before Aaron right. goes off on his tangent. <laughs> Okay, so we have been mentioning at the end of our episodes recently about the treasure room, how, as Aaron likes to describe it, in the floor we go deep into things, but in the treasure room we kind of go wide. And we wanted to give people who have never been in the treasure room uh, a little bit of a sample. So going forward, we'll probably be uh, putting in little bits and pieces here. So here is a small clip uh, from the treasure room. We hope you enjoy it and are interested in uh, learning more in there. You're in charge of terraforming a new planet. How are you going to make it look? Do you want it to look kind of like Australia, like Brazil, like the Northwest, like the desert? How would you terraform it? I think that depends more on the planet rather than our technology, you know, well, what's available. I mean, if we're planets. terraforming, it seems like we've definitely got a few options because like, we're doing a degree of terraforming. So I think um, so within uh, the what is it? So right in the Middle East, uh, north part of Africa, very bottom part of um, Europe, we have what's called the Fertile Crescent. And it's just this piece uh, of land that is very fertile, very mild in temperature, and you're not getting, you know, hurricanes and tornadoes. It's like they, they refer to it that as, you know, because this is a, a place where it was very easy. All right, so we're back. So we're talking about the Alien trilogy. This is what Alien the the Earth War renamed to what? Earth War renamed to Female War is the third part of the trilogy. Okay, so it's a, it's a trilogy taking place about fifty years after first contact. Twelve to fifteen. Oh, twelve to fifteen years after first contact. Okay, twelve to fifteen years after first contact. Oh, New- wait, wait. If you're talking first contact is Alien. Yeah, uh, Ripley floats in space for sixty-seven years after Alien. Whoa! Her yes, daughter so. grew up and died of cancer, old age, before Ripley comes out of sleep. Yes, and this is like a huge thing that comes into play with the relationship between Newt and Ripley. Wow! Oh, that right? makes That's a lot more sense. She was a really good mom to to Newt in that movie. Right. This is her second chance to be a mother. Okay, okay, so, wow, so this is, so we're probably looking about you know, probably 70 years combined with the time from alien to aliens, and then she goes into the long sleep. Mm-hmm. Which okay. which is record-breaking. Nobody had been in sleep that long, that long, right? She got lucky that somebody found her and woke her up. This is when that happens. Wow, I did that. that's throwing everything off in my head, particularly because I'm reading the Gibson novel, and it's like none right. of this matches up. None of this is what happens here. Uh, these are, <laughs> yeah, right. Yes, these are two different stories going on. Yeah, uh, okay. they're alternate realities show. So Newt is now grown up. She's uh, somewhere in uh, late teens, early twenties. And mm-hmm. Hicks, I guess, has brought Newt and Ripley together, and they're now going to decipher the alien signal, or is it just Ripley going to figure it out? 
So Ripley is able to decipher a lot from that, but doesn't get what she wants. And what she wants is this alien homeworld. And uh, I, I told you how Newt uh, was having these nightmares, and she's kind of developed a psychic Sense. connection. Yeah. A lot of other people have done this as well, and they're referred to as dreamers. And it's common that they kind of see this singular giant Xeno queen that kind of calls out to them as well as the rest of the Xenos. And so they believe that if they find this queen, that might be the key to defeating the aliens. So they're not looking for the home planet of the space jockeys. They're looking for the home planet of the Xenomorphs. Well, spoiler alert. Same place. Same planet. (laughs) Now, now, it's not known if this is where the Xenos are from, but the space jockey's planet was taken over by the Xenomorphs. And their role in this is they want to figure out how to get rid of the Xenomorphs. And, And so there's one in particular who is invested in observing what's happening on Earth. Does that make sense there? Yes. Yeah, that makes sense. So they come up with a plan. And so through the uh, dreamers and the decoded message, they're able to find this planet and they make an expedition out to it. Her Hicks, uh, a crew of Marines. um, Of course. Got to bring the Marines. Who else are you going to kill off? Right. And (laughs) they militarized a bunch of uh, power loaders. Right, so now they're all rocking these mechs um, uh, to go to the planet. But this is like last ditch, right? So as far as the state of Earth, it's pretty much completely infested with Xenos. Um, Survivors are few and far between. I'm pretty sure they left before the outbreak happened. They didn't know what was going on. Yeah, they would have had to for it to be, yeah. They got back, oops, to daisies. And so they left to go find the alien homeworld, not knowing that there was a corporation breeding them. They were sent by the government, and there was a corporation breeding aliens that people didn't know about Yeah, because they had found a queen. They got lucky, and they had found a queen, and she was laying eggs. And then that's how, like, the uh, immaculate incubation people like overran that base yeah, got in there with yeah, the queen and then started overtaking it and that was after uh hicks and and newt had escaped keeping in mind though that the comics has them named as wilkes and billy yeah wilkes for uh corporal hicks and billy for newt and it's and it's Wait, throws you off. Why do they call Newt Billy? Because they didn't oh. want to say that it was technically not canon, but they, you know what I mean? Right. Like so I, I told you the the retcon where where they had to like go and rename stuff because the aliens three kills Newt and Hicks off immediately before mm. the movie starts. Like, it's like one of the first things that happens. They're like, these two characters are dead. <laughs> because we took too long to get this movie together. <laughs> and, and deep fakes and haven't been in a child anymore. Yeah, and deep fakes have not been invented yet. So, no. <laughs> yeah, oopsies. <laughs> so, the resurrection of Luke Skywalker as Mark Hamill, as a young man. Be like, what? Be like, technology, man. 
Actors it's, will never die. Humphrey Bogart's coming back. He's going to be the biggest star in the world, man. <laughs> Again. <laughs> Again, yeah. <laughs> so, um, Ripley gets the idea that uh, they will capture the queen. And, and Ripley does know that there's an outbreak on Earth. Yeah, because Ripley wasn't with Hicks yeah. and Billy at all, or Hicks. And mm-hmm. She was off decoding the message on our. Yeah, so when I read Outbreak, she wasn't even a part of it really at all. Yeah, she just shows up on this third part, the female war. Okay. Now I wonder if you read the comics in digital version, if you could do a find and replace all for Billy and Wilkes and just switch them to make easier reading. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it might it was very confusing. I had to like go back and watch Alien. It was like, oh, okay, so that's who they are. Because I didn't remember these names. Uh, <laughs> I could have yeah. sworn. Yeah, it was weird. All right, continue. So she's got this idea that she's going to she's got a big container and she's like, we're gonna go capture that queen. We're going to bring her back to Earth because on Earth, they're observing what the queens are there. So there's multiple queens, but there's one queen mother and the queen mother is the one that she wants to capture. And she believes that this queen mother is the one sending out this psychic calling um, thing and that the Xenos have decided to make Earth one of their new home worlds. And okay. Trying to call. So the their mother. theory is that the Queen Mother, way back on the home planet of the space jockeys, mm-hmm. is actually controlling the queens on Earth. Correct. And this is about sixty-one point four light years away. Uh, and and so yes, they believe that the psychic ability they have can transverse that at least that far in space. Yeesh. Uh, Ripley's idea is that they will capture the queen. And bring her to Earth, wherever they put her down, will attract the rest of the Xenos to her. And they'll nuke it. Exactly, exactly. They'll they'll wait for them. Wait, to no, gather. back up. They're going to yep. get everybody there all together, and they're going to nuke them from orbit. That's like right. Have done in aliens. <laughs> <laughs> nuke the entire site from orbit. It's the only way to be sure. Right. That's Ripley's way. Yeah. yeah. What is it? There's a meme where it shows like a really thin, like maybe novella, and then this huge, massive, like, like, like five books pressed into one book, and it's like in the little thin one, it says the alien universe. If everyone had listened to Ripley, and then it's like, and the other one is oh, the yes. alien universe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One looks yeah. like a novelette. The other one looks like a phone book. Yeah, yeah. Four phone books. So they. They go to the planet, um, the xenomorphs on the planet. So I know we haven't gotten too much into the uh, species itself, but the the little guys that you see uh, are called drones. Um, as far as the aliens go, like that's what yeah. you see in Alien. That's uh, what you see a lot of in Aliens, um, of course, other than the Queen. So the drones there are the size of Queens. Yo. Do have the ability to rip these militarized power loaders limb from limb of an unskilled or surprised individual, right? They're going to eventually capture the queen uh, and drag her back to Earth. While they're on the planet, the planet is completely covered in this xeno creep that you see a lot in aliens. 
I, hey, yeah, I've played uh, Star- StarCraft too. I played the Zerg. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I think the I Zerg are, aliens. I think I think the Zerg are definitely based off of Alien. Like I don't think there's any question about that. There's some heavy influence. <laughs> yeah, they're like, they're like, wouldn't it be cool if we had these aliens? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and the, and then they even throw in like like uh, kind of the immaculate conception when there's a conversion of Kerrigan, right? Oh, yeah, yeah good point. Good point. <laughs> you know? uh, but, and yeah. this isn't the first time we've heard of a, a creature like this. There, there's other stories that we have creatures like this, and it's hard to say who influenced mm-hmm. who, where, and when exactly. All right, I'm pretty sure if we we write it all down, we get the timeline. So, but there's also a um, there's a concept called adjacent technology, and, and this applies to any idea or artistic endeavor. And so they talk about it, it's like rooms in a house, right? To get to certain rooms, you have to first enter the house, then you've got to go into the hallway, and then you can go into the bedroom, right? And and ideas and technology have this, and at some point. We are all in the hallway and four or five people go into the room at the same time. Right. Like, uh, you know, like within like four people filed uh, patents for the radio in the same year. You know, seven people discovered anesthesia in like, you know, different places across the U.S. and Canada and Europe in the same year because that it was an adjacent technology, right? Technology had reached a certain point and that really was a very logical next step and multiple people reached at the same time. And I think very much the same thing can happen in art as well. In the stories Mm. we have and are telling, they kind of lead our imagination to this next possible conclusion. And so you get this adjacent idea of this immaculate birth. Right. I've I've heard this phenomenon. Incubation, sorry. Immaculate incubation. (laughs) 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 It gets you. It's tricky. But yeah, so... Uh, I've also heard that phenomenon be called uh, it's in the zeitgeist, right? It's just out there in the world. And so, yeah, that's where like ideas and things are headed. Few other things we start to interact with uh, in this story is royal jelly, you know, with bees. You heard of the royal jelly with bees where to form a queen, they, they feed it exclusively this royal jelly that'll make it morph into a queen rather than just a worker bee. Right. Yes. Uh, so they introduce that here as well, as well as the Royal guards who guard and uh, oh. attack the queen. These are the ones with giant shield heads. Okay. Uh, if you've seen those. Um, so we've kind of got to wrap this up here. I'll give you a few minutes to do your little summary, but I do think we should do an episode, if not a mini episode on the different types of Xenomorph. Yeah, I think we should definitely... I'll do a creature episode on them, for sure. Okay, sounds good. All right, give us a, a quick summary here, and maybe uh, what we'll talk about next time, and then uh, hit us with the treasure room question. So this will kind of wrap up this trio that we have here, and it doesn't give us a, a finale finale, other than people escape, which I guess is kind of a finale in Ellie. Do they not nuke them from orbit? Not in this series. <laughs> so we just guess. Nobody will ever so, listen to Ripley's advice. The, the, the plan is to wait three to six months and stockpile nukes ready to nuke site and observe the Xenos until then. They didn't, they didn't put her down on Earth, planet, though, right? Probably unlivable for the next thousand years. Yeah, they should put them on, you know, Mars or the moon or not, you know, Earth. The nukes? No, the 
wherever you're going to, the alien, wherever you're going to nuke her. Well, Earth is already infested with aliens. So the point is to drop her down and attract all of the other xenomorphs that are on Earth to one area. So so we only got to nuke one continent, not all of them. Right. So you don't glass the planet. You just glass one continent. Okay. So I guess I have a treasure room question for you guys then. Ready? Ready. Which continent do you want to glass? (laughs) (laughs) Which continent do you want to glass? All right. We'll talk about that in the treasure room. So, so I guess I do have a question. So, in the in this little trilogy of comics, they come back, they drop off the queen, and they just they never nuke. They have a plan, but that's the end of it. It's kind of left open ended. Right, right. Uh, they're in that waiting period of let's see what happens. Uh, it it finishes off with uh, Newt has to go save her daughter figure, and then Ripley has to go save Newt, and and they're able to escape the planet. If Ripley doesn't save everybody, it's not an alien movie. <laughs> well, she doesn't. No, she, alien, she, she she saves one person usually. You know? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's usually because they're the last the one alive. <laughs> last one, like the only one that listened to her. All, All right. right, let's uh, wrap right. this up. Thanks for uh, for listening. Uh, we hope you've been floored, and now go floor your friends. Join us in the treasure room if you enjoyed this episode and want more on the topic. We record a special treasure room for our patrons after every episode. In the regular episode, we go deep. In the treasure room, we go wide. To enjoy the bonus content, sign up at the fluorite level or higher. There is a treasure room for every episode from August 2021 and on. That's double the content. Two episodes a week instead of one. Go to www.patreon.com backslash floor, fantasy and lore. That's floor spelled F-L-O-R-E. Select the fluorite tier or higher. Immediately after each episode is released, the Treasure Room will post the bonus audio on Patreon. They are identified by the tag Treasure Room After and the title of the episode. You can also do a search for the keywords Treasure Room and find all the content you've been missing. Thanks for listening. Leave us a review. Tell us why you like listening to us. Is it our awesome deep dives? Is it our amazing back and forth? Is it our charming good looks? What would you like us to add or change? You can put that in the review as well. We read reviews. Yeah, and if you're going to be leaving us a review telling us what you like about it, maybe you even want to share the content with your friends. Uh, Like and share on social media. You can join us on Twitter and Facebook. We post memes. And we actually started a Discord, so come play with us. So uh, a lot of the worlds we cover have a retcon. Uh, if you're not familiar with that term, it's reconstruction. Or sometimes we might uh, use a bad source for some of our lore research. And if that happens, uh, feel free to email us at floorfantasyandlore at gmail.com. That is floor spelled F-L-O-R-E, fantasyandlore at gmail.com. And if you're angry enough, we'll read it on the air. <laughs> yes, we will. Also, the treasure room is now available. We have locked a few secrets for everything we cover in there, and each week we add more. And uh, you can find the treasure room on patreon.com backslash floor, fantasy, and lore. And how do you spell that, Aaron? That's lore with an F at the beginning. So it sounds like floor, 
but it's not the floor you're thinking because it's our floor. And, uh, we hope you enjoyed your time on the floor. Uh, think about your favorite part of the episode. Now, think about your nerdiest friend. Who is it? What is their name? They want to know about the floor. Stop holding out on them. Go and tell them about your favorite part. Because all of this is more fun together.